This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Savor. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about nutritional yeast. Which apparently some people call nooch, and I really don't like that. I really do not like that. Okay, I did see a recipe for nooch-o cheese dip, <laughs> and I find that straight delightful. Like, I can't argue with nooch Oh. Nooch, nah. No, I'm not on board. Yeah. I can't even explain why. Like, there's no, no particular thing. It doesn't sound nice. It doesn't. Honestly, nutritional yeast doesn't sound nice either, but it's but it's fine. I mean, it's it, but it is nice. It tastes very nice, actually. It does. I um, I've used it quite a bit, um, not so much recently, but back when I was more healthy than I currently am. <laughs> um, but I use it as a cheese substitute, kind of, because uh, it does have a, a, a flavor that can pass. Um, yeah. Not, I mean, it's good on its own, but if you're looking to cut back on cheese, it is a way you could do that. Sure. Um, and I remember making particularly, like, a lot of pastas with it and, like, topping it, topping pastas with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's also good as a topping for popcorn. Mm. Well, I love popcorn. Well, sure. I was about to say, that's nothing's going to stop you from eating popcorn. But. <laughs> I mean, hopefully not. <laughs> but uh, this brings us to our question. Nutritional yeast. What is it? Well, uh, nutritional yeast is a powder or flake that's kind of toasty yellow in color, a cheesy or nutty in flavor, and is basically dried yeast juice. 
That sounds so appetizing. Allow me to explain. Please. <laughs> we've talked on this show before about Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Uh, like, we've talked a lot about it because it's a strain of yeast that's used to ferment grain into beer and juice into wine. It's used to create air pockets and flavor in bread. It's the active ingredient in Vegemite and or Marmite and is also responsible for adding flavors to a whole bevy of things from a Worcestershire sauce to chocolate. All those good things. Yeah. Do you want to do it? Worcestershire sauce. Uh, hey, Worcestershire sauce. Thank you, Lauren. It's like a knee-jerk <laughs> thing. I have to do it. I, I have started mentally doing that now since we did our episode <laughs> on Worcestershire sauce. And I still haven't seen – I mean, that is literally the only clip of that Scooby-Doo series that I think I've witnessed. So It's a powerful clip. If you, know, if you have no idea what we're talking about, I guess either Google it or listen to that episode. Both. Probably both. Yeasts are microorganisms that, en masse, humans can use as, like, flavor and nutrition factories. It's sort of the opposite of assembly line manufacturing. Like, in an assembly line, you have each unit on the line work on one small step in a many-step process of creating a large thing. Yeah? Mm -hmm. In a yeast colony, you have many units each creating a small thing simultaneously. By the sheer number of yeast organisms that you can grow quickly and easily in a colony, you can get a large amount of work done. This sounds like it should be a children's movie. <laughs> sort of oh, like man. B-movie or I would watch life. the heck out of a microorganism-related children's film. Y'all get on that. Yeah, it'd be you, me, and maybe three other people. Oh, it'd be so good. We'd be very enthusiastic about it. Yes, oh, Okay, more ideas for children's books. Here we go. <laughs> yes. Um, in this case, the work that you are asking a yeast colony to do is uh, to turn sugar into something better for us to eat than sugar. When you feed yeast with cane sugar and or beet molasses, they'll eat that and then use it to create stuff that they need to grow. Uh, vitamins, proteins, fats, fiber. Perhaps the key ingredient that's created during this process is called glutamic acid, which is a component of some proteins and is what you're tasting when you experience the flavor savory, sometimes called umami. It's in meats, cheese, soy, mushrooms, tomatoes. In its sodium salt form, it's a monosodium glutamate, or MSG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is the flavor that is going to be at work in nutritional yeast. Yes. Anyway, so... To make nutritional yeast, you set up a tank where your yeast factory can get to work. And you wind up with a sort of fermented soup. Um, <laughs> you centrifuge out the bits you want, mostly like the yeast cells, leaving most of the fermented behind. And you wind up with a liquid referred to as cream yeast. Oh, wow. <laughs> the terms in this episode are just very spectacular. I... I, we could set up some kind of, like, vote about whether nooch or cream yeast is a worse. Nooch is worse. <laughs> cream yeast, I could convince myself, is like a cream sherry or something. Oh, okay. I mean, I'd have to do some some mental gymnastics, but I could do it. Uh, all right, but cream yeast is a cool thing. Um, it could go on to become baker's yeast because it's still active and alive. Um, but in the case of nutritional yeast production, you're going to want to pasteurize this cream yeast to deactivate or kill the yeast cells. Then you slowly dry and or cook 
the the cream yeast and um, usually in roller drum dryers, which I just learned about and are a really cool piece of machinery. Um, they're these uh, steam-heated drums, and you apply a liquid to the outside of this heated cylinder as it's slowly spinning. It rotates and then creates a sheet of dried material from the liquid. Huh. That it, does sound cool. It's just really one of those, like, simple things. I was just, anyway, I, <laughs> mechanics. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you get the sheet of dried material, and then you mill that sheet uh, to the flake or powder consistency that you want, and then you package it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, it's like, well, I didn't realize all this stuff went into nutritional yeast, but I probably should have. <laughs> no, it doesn't just, like, grow on trees, no. Mm, okay. Well, not yet, anyway. <laughs> Science? <laughs> one day, one day. Uh, some manufacturers will add extra vitamins at some point in this process, maybe when they're feeding the yeast originally, maybe after pasteurization, in order to boost the nutritional content of the final product. Other strains of yeast can be used aside from uh, that one that I mentioned earlier, and researchers are psyched about the particular nutrients in a few particular species, maybe like being able to help us feed and cultivate a really A-plus gut microbiome. Um, but yeah, Saccharomyces cerevisiae is the most common. It also sounds like either a character in a fighting game, like a <laughs> pirate ghost character. I don't know why pirate ghost is what I'm seeing. Or like a demon. A pirate ghost is a surprisingly frequent Fighting Trope. character. Yeah. I think it's because of Soul Calibur. I suspect so. Soul Calibur is one of those classics. It's one of the ones that me and my roommates still play. And it has a ghost character, doesn't it? It has a pirate ghost. Does it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm so used to my brain just banking up nonsense. This is a pleasant surprise. His name Cervantes? Something like Cervantes. that. Cervantes. Yeah, okay. Wait, well, we got to the bottom of that mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but back to right. nutritional yeast. Yes. Um, it contains, by the way, as I said earlier, but just to reiterate, it contains no active yeast. Nutritional yeast will not grow in your food or in your body. It's super dead. <laughs> okay. It is an X yeast. All right. Yeah. No zombie yeast no. worries. No. Not, oh, ooh, not that I'm personally aware of. Actually, that's when you should be worried mm. about zombie yeast. Science. <laughs> We're giving a lot of homework to science in this episode. <laughs> it has a couple of other nicknames apart from Nooch. Um, <laughs> hippie Dust or Yeshi. Yeshi, you think? Sure. Yeshi in the U.S. Savory Yeast Flakes. Savory with a U in uh, New Zealand along with Brufax. Uh, bon Appetit called it Nature's Cheeto Dust. Oh, I like that. It's that such sounds, a, like, oddly magical. It does. It's a pretty heavily, like, man-made product, but so I'm not sure if nature is the right word, but maybe man's Cheeto dust? No, that's what Cheeto dust is anyway. Mm. <laughs> Woman's Cheeto dust. <laughs> we, can, we can get to the bottom of this later. Yes. The word yeast might come from the Old English word gist or gist and the Indo-European word yes, which meant to boil. And nutrition-wise, it's a product that nutritionists and marketers alike uh, get excited about. A serving is two tablespoons, or about half an ounce, and compared with an equal amount of, like, plain roasted chicken breast, nutritional yeast has twice as much protein and a buttload more vitamins and minerals, like way over your daily recommended value of several vitamins. 
And lots of these are in conveniently bioavailable forms um, as opposed to many meats where your body has to work on processing them. So yeah, your body can use them directly without having to make sure that you're pairing up other nutrients to uh, create those more other nutrients. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's also a decent source of fiber. It's low in fat. That can be a positive or a negative, depending on what you're going for. But it does mean that um, nutritional yeast does not provide some of the good fatty acids and, like, specific minerals that animal proteins do commonly contain. If you are using it as, like, a nutritional supplement, by the way, it's better to eat that two-tablespoon serving in, like, small portions throughout the day rather than all at once because your body can only process so much of a given vitamin at a given time. Anything over that, you'll just excrete. So... Yeah. Spread yeah. it out. Yeah. Sprinkle it out on everything. <laughs> Sprinkle it out throughout the rest of your day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, oh, man, oh, side note, probably all of us could stand to consult a dietitian about what we eat. But if you are choosing a vegan lifestyle, please do your research, y'all. It's a 100% valid thing, and eating all or mostly plant and fungus-based foods has a lot of benefits. But getting a good complement of nutrients just takes more mindfulness. So, uh, you know, honestly, if you're a vegan, you're probably into mindfulness. And I shouldn't really worry, but I do. We care about you. We do. We do. That's why we bring out these old lady ghost voices. <laughs> That's, those are our voices of caring. They are. Oh, um, oh, and nutritional yeast is light-sensitive, meaning that you should store it in a cool, dark place or in the fridge, which I guess is a cool, dark place when you get down to it. I don't know what goes on in my fridge. No. It could be light in there. Heck. Could be Zool. <laughs> waiting. <laughs> Just waiting. <laughs> I got a new fridge, so hopefully Zool is oh, out yeah. of there. <laughs> If we look at numbers, 1 million tons of yeast are consumed per year. That is total yeast for, like, baking and beer and pharmaceuticals and biofuel, everything. That total market value, by the way, is expected to reach 5.4 billion American dollars by uh, 2022. It's nothing to sneeze at. A lot of yeast money. It is. A lot of dough. Oh! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was right off the top of this old, old head right here. Oh, and while I'm talking about different types of yeast products, I wanted to note that nutritional yeast is different than supplemental brewer's yeast, which is also a deactivated yeast, but it's usually found in tablet form. Yes, there's a lot of types of yeast. Oh, yeah, that's a different episode. Yes, indeed. On a commercial level, nutritional yeast can be added to uh, processed foods, uh, fish, meat, vegetarian, protein substitutes. Um, it can be in packaged snacks or in meals. It can be in dietary supplements. And nutritional yeast as a flavoring or supplement is getting more popular, but I am not sure by how much. Couldn't find any numbers on that. Yeah, difficult to get specific numbers on nutritional yeast. Um, but as we talked about at the top, Sort of. It can be used for all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Um, on toast, stir fries, popcorn, pastas. And that's because of its flavor. Vegans do frequently use it as a cheese substitute. I hesitate to use the word substitute because it's more like you're trying to get the flavor. Oh, right, right. It's, it's a not flavor, like you're not a texture. It's not yourself. Right. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it's nice. It's nice in oh, its sure. own way. Yeah. That's and what it, I'm trying to say. And it can help products that you're making with nut milks or, um, or bean milks taste more like dairy milk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It has 
quite a long and interesting history, and I would say about half of it is marketing, and in a good, fun way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get into that after a quick break for word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. Thank you, Spencer. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Antoine Van Leeuwenhoek, our hook. According to Ren and Stimpy, is that what you... I think so, yeah. That's the sound <laughs> reference that I'm working off of. That is so funny, because didn't I mention in the other episode? It's some episode. It all gets blurry up in here, but how uh, Looney Tunes is the source of much of my cultural knowledge. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was the Tetrazzini episode. Oh, right. Anyway. Anyway. One Antoine <laughs> Van Leeuwenhoek was the son of a brewer and often considered the father of microbiology and one of the first microscopists. And he was one of the first to observe yeast under a microscope in 1680 CE. Probably clear, but... Just in case. Just in case. Yeah. For a while, a lot of this yeast did come from beer barm, but it wasn't well understood and was very unpredictable. This is where the word barmy comes from. Yeah. I love it. And producers moved away from this yeast from beer barm. A 1824 cookbook called A New System of Domestic Cookery featured a recipe for Mrs. Rundell's yeast. And it goes thusly. Thicken two quarts of water with fine flour, about three spoonfuls. 
Boil half an hour, sweeten with near half a pound of brown sugar. When near cold, put into it four spoonfuls of fresh yeast in a jug. Shake it well together and let it stand one day to ferment near the fire without being covered. There will be a thin liquor on the top, which must be poured off. Shake the remainder and cork it up for use. Take always four spoonfuls of the old to ferment the next quantity, keeping it always in succession. Yeah, yeah. Beer barm is the kind of foamy stuff that happens on top of a vat of beer that's brewing. Mm -hmm. And as you can possibly imagine, just taking that can lead to other flavors and a certain amount of unpredictability in, yeah, the microorganisms involved. Not that they knew at that point all the time. I mean, you know. Yeah. Keeping it always in succession is a great way to end a recipe. (laughs) Just saying. An entry from the 1855 Canadian Settler Guide described the process of getting brewer's yeast and using it to make bread. A story included in the guide tells of a woman shocked that her neighbors didn't know how to make yeast. Now she taught them this valuable piece of knowledge. Um, (laughs) And from that time, they were able to make light bread. The girl, quote, shrewdly remarking to her mistress that a little help was worth a great deal of pity. Huh. Enter Louis Pasteur in 1857, and he figured out fermentation, and he believed that yeast were alive and were behind this fermentation thing. Scientist Emil Hansen took this research and expounded on it in 1888, isolating yeast into its pure form. With the Industrial Revolution in full swing in 1876, brothers Charles and Max Fleischmann, yes, that Fleischmann, mm-hmm. um, revealed their manufactured yeast at the Centennial Exposition in Philadelphia, which was attended, by the way, by over 10 million people. It was a big hit. And in 1900, they added a research lab to their New York factory. And it looked a bit different than we're used to, though, this yeast. Yeah. At first, it was sold in kind of like these cakes, like yeast cakes. Yeah. Yeah, they were moist, too, (laughs) and they went bad fairly quickly. But going back to the Fleischmanns for a minute, they were immigrants. Charles was trained in yeast production and distilling, and along with his businessman, James Gaff, they started mass-producing yeast at a factory near Cincinnati. After the yeast ate the starter, it was rinsed, pressed into cakes, and wrapped into foil. And that's where you get that before rinsing, what they probably had was that cream yeast thing that we were talking about earlier. Cream yeast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Descriptions of the texture of these yeast cakes remind me of, like, Callan clay or, like, some of the uh, the powdered, like, rice flour cookies or candies that I've had. Uh, Sort of melt in your mouth, but also sort of chalky and pasty. And, you know, with that sour, stale beer smell that you get off of a Vegemite or Marmite. It's a lot of things happening at once. Yeah. (laughs) And yes, they were moist. They were made of fresh yeast rather than dried yeast, which is what you'll find in those little packets today that you might buy in a store. And because of this, they attempted to sell them quickly. They would go door to door. Charles and Gaff also opened Fleischmann's Distilling Company to make gin with the grain alcohol left over from yeast production. Smart. Very. While the development of refrigerated rail cars was a boon for Fleischmanns, the development of bread you could buy in a store was not. So what did they do? Hired a physiological chemistry professor to look into the health benefits. 
This professor's article published in the Journal of the American Medical Association claimed that eating yeast could cure boils, acne, and other skin ailments, and all kinds of gastrointestinal distress. All kinds. The association of yeast with health food really took off in the 1920s and 30s when folks figured out that yeast has a good amount of B vitamins. The word vitamin wasn't coined until 1911. Yeah, when the word was coined, no vitamins had actually been chemically isolated. Um, And there was some debate among scientists about whether vitamins existed at all. But that did not stop food manufacturers like Fleischmann's um, from marketing them, especially once they were confirmed to exist. And vitamins were all the rage in the U.S. around this time. I had to include this ad copy. I had to. Beer is good for you, but Schlitz, the beer with sunshine vitamin D, is extra good for you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it was it was from a particular Schlitz product, a Schlitz sunshine vitamin D beer from uh, 1936. It's like sunny delight, but with but beer. beer. <laughs> Perfect. I'm not sure why we don't see that anymore. Whew. Yeast was touted as a cure to all kinds of things. One ad for Fleischmann's yeast read, This new yeast is the biggest advancement in treating constipation in a generation. (laughs) And then it would help you, quote, break the cathartic habit, which, by the way, is not like a nun (laughs) pun. It is um, like taking laxatives. Right. Yeah, because sluggish, quote, sluggish intestines at the time were considered a serious affliction um, or were being called by some people a serious affliction. Um, One British doctor wrote, in 1929... I should like to prescribe less feasting and more yeasting. But can't you feast on yeasts? This is the point. (laughs) I missed the point of the ad copy. It went (laughs) over my head. And I will say, to be fair, uh, eating yeast cakes does work as a laxative. So they weren't lying about that part. No. Perhaps exaggerating things. Well, exaggerating. I mean, hmm. Not being entirely scientifically straightforward about many other things, but the laxative effect they had down. (laughs) But there are a couple other things, just a few. Oh, yeah. um, (laughs) That they claimed it would help with. Uh, Headaches, skin, hair loss, colds, giving you pep. You're advised to consume a yeast cake at least 30 minutes before eating to keep your digestive tract on track. Uh, Three yeast cakes a day, (laughs) presumably, I would imagine, for three meals a day. A free pamphlet pushed by Fleischmann's was called Yeast Therapy, and four million were distributed. (laughs) And here's another ad I love. (laughs) The fastidious, successful women of today know how to avoid the damaging effects of clogged intestines. The health effects were said to take months before anything noticeable happened. That's very convenient. It is, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeast cakes were sometimes advertised as creamy, wholesome candy, uh, and that people should try a luscious bite of. But yet another ad described the taste as pungent and appetizing. It was everywhere that fresh food was sold, like soda fountains, grocers, cafeterias— You could eat them as is or crumble them up into water, milk, or fruit juice. Tomato juice is the one that I saw specified. You could also eat them on crackers or in peanut butter or jam sandwiches. Yeah, I suppose you could. I mean, you couldn't not do that. (laughs) 
There were options, and it was everywhere. But this push to associate yeast with health was not done. It was not. And we will get into that after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching! Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. All right. So this campaign promoting yeast health benefits, it was a huge success. Oh, yeah. In 1923, the marketing firm behind it launched a contest calling for positive testimonials. 8,340 responses rolled in, like this one. I am a mail carrier, and it may sound strange that a man walking 12 miles a day, six days a week, should suffer from constipation. <laughs> After the first month of yeast eating, I noticed a remarkable difference, and when Saturday night came, I still had some pep left. Fleischmann's yeast has relieved me completely of constipation, and I feel tip-top all the time. The campaign integrated photos of the writers, of these testimonial writers, beginning in 1925 to be, quote, absolutely accurate in every detail. <laughs> but according to one of the photographers working on this, that's not really what was going on. He said he would go door to door all over the city and would list the ingredients for a good photo, a good shot. And these were, quote, ingenuity, tact, eloquence, endurance. And he said many of the people he was looking up had moved, weren't in the city anymore. Many were sick. Many were too old, too young, too fat, or too, quote, 
helplessly ugly. <laughs> helplessly. That's harsh, sir. It is. Between 1924 and 1925, Fleischmann's net profits went up 75%. Sales were 2.45 pounds per capita in 1927. What? Yeah. <laughs> the company accounted for almost 95% of the yeast industry. In 1929, they started irradiating their product to get some vitamin D in there to further their vitamin cachet. Vitamin D was said to prevent, quote, soft-boned, weak-muscled teeth, a prey to decay. <laughs> A 1934 discovery of a new strain of yeast that contained vitamin A, which reportedly could help decrease your chances of getting a cold, also was added in there. Yeah, and if you listen to our milk bonus, uh, those vitamins DNA were being added to milk at around the same time. As more and more vitamins and minerals were discovered, yeast marketing got even bolder, if you could believe it, hmm. claiming it was better for you than fruits and vegetables. Quote, it supplies protective substances your stomach bowels need to work properly and that no other food, even fruits and vegetables, gives you enough of them. Ooh. Yeah. These big claims <laughs> raise the figurative eyebrows of the U.S. government, specifically the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC. They sent Fleischmann's a cease and desist letter in 1931, and seven years later, the FTC was victorious. Yeah. Yeah. But at its height, before the crackdown, yeast could prevent pimples, furry tongue, fallen stomach, cure bad breath, elimination of crying spells, increase of the skin's self-disinfecting power, hmm. the sharpening of intellect, so many things <laughs> that they claimed it could do. Huh. One ad said it restored a woman's ability to walk. Huh. Yeah, they uh, water into wine. Actually, I guess it turns juice into wine after a while. Mm. Why didn't they go all in on that? Right? Oh. Missed opportunity. By the 1930s, yeast was a staple. The first crossbreeds of yeast entered the market. Fleischmann developed active dry yeast as a way to get soldiers fresher bread during World War II. And it was a big deal. It didn't need to be refrigerated and could be activated quickly. More and more improvements over the next few decades halved the raising time of dough and eventually led to the Corley Wood bread baking process in 1961. This is a high-volume, continuous industrial process that many say uh, sacrifice flavor and texture for speed. Yeah, and these days a lot of dry yeast is used, but uh, yeast cake or fresh yeast or compressed yeast is still available. It does still need to be refrigerated and will spoil even then after about two weeks. But some bakers prefer it to dried yeast products, and professional bakeries today often do use it. If you're looking to use it in home baking, you might not find it in consumer shops, but it's sometimes available online, or you could ask your local bakery if you can buy some off of them. Uh, here in Atlanta, I hear that Star Provisions will sell some to you from their bulk supply. Oh, cool. Yeah. The public lost access to and interest in eating yeast cakes, which, as it turns out, is a good thing. Because after all of this drop-off in fresh yeast availability around World War II, more recent research was done um, by folks with less of a stake in the results. <laughs> uh -huh. And it revealed that eating living yeast is not beneficial. It's not going to cure my crying spells and pimples? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. Not. 
<laughs> Whatever will I do? I, I feel a crying spell coming on. <laughs> there is no substitute. <laughs> I guess I'll just have to let it out. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not good for you. Don't eat fresh yeast cakes. <laughs> Advice of the episode. Yeah, hoof. But the research community never gave up on yeast at large as a nutritional supplement. In the late 1950s, research into the mineral selenium started showing that, A, uh, it's an important mineral for mammals like rats and humans, and B, that uh, Saccharomyces cerevisiae is a good source of it. I think modern yeast nutritional supplements started as pills in the 60s based on research like this. And by the mid-70s, amid the rising trends of healthy living and vegetarianism, tasty nutritional yeast, as we know it today, started showing up on store shelves. It was called out in a number of cookbooks as a good substitute for cheese flavor in non-dairy recipes like tofu cheese and gravy throughout the 1970s. And by 1980, it was being used in packaged uh, vegetarian and vegan foods like a, like tofu sausage. 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 Yeah, um, it was hard to single out the history of nutritional yeast. Yeah, I oh man, like all all of these references that I collected at the end here were from like primary sources, like mostly marketing materials. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I guess most of the research in today's episode was from. As far as I could find, no one has really written a comprehensive history of how we got to nutritional yeast and how. I don't know. I want to do. I need to look into it more. Yeah. This is what we found thus far. Yes. And I think it's a pretty good overview. Oh, and so much fun marketing oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. I love that old ad copy. Um, but that about brings us to the end of this this episode on nutritional yeast. Mm -hmm. And it brings us to listener mail. That was an evolution reference that Lauren won't get <laughs> because, as we discussed, it's one of the few movies she's walked out on. But Selenium is a big plot point in it, just FYI to anyone out there. All right. <laughs> Katie wrote, I recently listened to the gum episode and quickly remembered a fascinating, albeit slightly disgusting, attraction in the town I currently go to school at. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> I attend Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, California, and in downtown SOL, or you probably call it slow, but I'm not from around there, um, is a place called Bubblegum Alley. It's an alley between some shops where the walls are covered in thousands and thousands of pieces of chewed gum. I didn't find out about this place until a day or two after I moved into my dorm freshman year. A group I was with for orientation went downtown, and Bubblegum Alley was one of the places we stopped at. Unlike some of the people I was with, I refused to even <laughs> step into the alley, simply preferring to observe it from a foot away from the entrance, but able to see the place in all its glory. <laughs> I was both horrified yet mesmerized by the sight, as I could not begin to imagine how many pieces of bubblegum are on the walls. I recommend looking this up online to see what it looks like, if you dare. <laughs> For me, it was a small part of the things I've experienced at college so far that I'm probably not going to forget anytime soon. Ooh. No, I wouldn't forget that either. <laughs> I'd, ooh, ooh. I'd be so afraid to, like, touch gum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, both of us like 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 retreated all of our limbs closer to us when <laughs> like we were a thinking. Yeah, just <laughs> Antonio wrote, 
I am a longtime listener since your first episode on Champagne, oh hi, uh, who watched the recently released film The Favorite. It's set in England during Queen Anne's reign, so the very beginning of the 18th century. Late in the film, as Abigail, played by Emma Stone, revels at her fancy digs at the palace, she proudly proclaims, my maid is on her way up with something called a pineapple. <laughs> I guess most viewers thought it was just some random joke, as evidenced by this Time article uh, explaining the line's historical context. But I already knew about it having listened to your episode on pineapples. That episode remains one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, and I still, I my roommate and I are rewatching True Blood, uh-huh. which I'm a little bit ashamed about. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> but man, I love that goofy show. And uh, we're in the third season right now where the King of Mississippi comes in and he has this very fancy dining room that was designed by his very fancy boyfriend. And, uh, and there's... The centerpiece of this dining table is this tower of fruit with a pineapple right at the top. Where and I was like, show designers, you're doing it. <laughs> you're doing it. You're feeling it. You're my friend. <laughs> so happy. The crown atop this fruit tower. Yeah. Well, kudos to them, designers on True Blood. <laughs> and also, uh, this may be the favorite. Um, I've mentioned before on the show, one of our coworkers, Chandler, he's a really good friend, He's very excited about things. He's always very excited, and that's one of the things I love about him. But he, he's always very excited about getting me to see a movie, and he, right now he's trying to get me to see The Favorite. Oh, yeah? Have you seen The Favorite? You've got to see The Favorite. Oh, oh I can't believe you haven't seen The Favorite. All right. <laughs> Let's go check it out. That's All right. It. It's got pineapple. Yeah. We'll laugh too loudly at that part. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks to both of them for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod. We hope to hear from you. We have a store online where you can buy, like, T-shirts and, like, laptop cases or, I don't know. like Tote bags. Tote bags. Like Mugs. What, yeah. Oh, man. You can hold liquid in something with a picture from us, not of, of us. No. We thought that would be creepy. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But it could be a, a cup of liquid that says heckin' bacteria poop. Yes! Wouldn't you want to drink out of a mug that says that? <laughs> I know I would. I know you would, too. Uh, the store is um, is run by Tee Public, who helps us with designs, and they are mad geniuses. It's at uh, tpublic.com slash saver. We hope to hear from you. If you're into buying stuff, I don't know, check that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, as always, to our super producers, Andrew Howard and Dylan Fagan. Thank you to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! 
Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 